Hey guys, welcome back to Joshua Tree's Power Hour. This is episode 35 for the week of January 28th. This week I do want to talk about some new game announcements, release date reveals, an amazing Game Pass update, the wonderful Shadow of the Colossus soundtrack coming to vinyl, and of course, this week in PUBG. So, I thought we'd just jump right in again with the new releases. Also, just a heads up, it is the beginning of a new year. New releases are going to be a big thing, I guess, going forward, so expect that to be a main segment from now on as well. So here we go with some new releases. With new releases, we are gonna start off with some Switch games and then move on over to, I believe, PlayStation and Xbox or multi-platform games. So first off, we have SteamWorld Dig coming to the Switch, finally, on the 1st of February for $20. The developer of SteamWorld Dig did say that they wanted Switch players to kind of understand where SteamWorld Dig 2 came from, and, like, essentially, where the roots of the SteamWorld series, so putting SteamWorld Dig 1 onto Switch is kind of that for them, like, getting people that love SteamWorld Dig 2 to see how the series started, so pretty neat. The next one here is actually something I'm very interested in, um, Roller Coaster Tycoon being one of my favorite PC games growing up. Atari is looking to crowdfund a Switch port of it. They've said they're going to be needing between $10,000 to $1.07 million. So it'd be developed by Navizio Creations, who worked on the Rollercoaster Tycoon Touch, which is the mobile free-to-play version of Rollercoaster Tycoon. That's pretty neat. I hope that they meet their goal or at least get somewhere in between the goal. I don't know how well it would work if they only got 10 k for it, but if they get closer to that million dollars... I think they could, we could get a decent port on the Switch, and I want to play more. I want to play Roller, uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon, and that would be great. The next game that we got announced for the Switch is Aegeus Defenders. It's coming February eighth. It's a two D exploration, tower building, and defense phase gameplay style game. It is also coming to PC and PS Four, but those were initially announced when the Kickstarter was revealed back in two thousand fourteen. But it does have some Switch-specific things can do split Joy-Con local co-op. So, you know, just take the, the Joy-Cons off of the Switch screen and play co-op. That's pretty neat. The next Switch-specific release we got here wasn't necessarily a release date or a game announcement. It was something that was previously announced, and that is from Matt Thorson, the developer behind Matt Makes Games. His first game, which was Towerfall Ascension, was announced to be coming to Switch when he initially announced Celeste to be coming to Switch. And that was later last year. But now that Celeste is out, it is in that cycle where he's, you know, doing updates and stuff for the for Celeste, but slowly migrating development on over to the port for Towerfall Ascension on Switch, which is great. All right, so that that's cool. Towerfall Ascension uh, was initially an Ouya exclusive, then came to PS4. Now it's on PC and soon to be on Switch. We've talked about Towerfall a few times at this point. I think we initially started talking about it once Celeste was announced. But speaking of Celeste, dude, that game got a 10 out of 10 from IGN, the first 10 out of 10 out of the year for a, I guess, a big launch. Celeste, actually, I didn't think Celeste was going to be as big of a game as it is, and it's kind of hit the speedrunning community really hard. And a lot of the people that I've been watching lately have been doing their 100% runs of Celeste, which is initially, you know, beating the game and then discovering all the secrets and collecting all of the items. But yeah, this game looks great. I will be picking it up once I finish up with Super Mario Sunshine and Breath of the Wild I'm on my Switch just so I can have another thing to play right now. I finally completed the story of Super Mario Sunshine and have moved on to getting 
the final moons. I'm at 666. I was joking with one of my friends saying that that's where I want to stop. As of right now, that's where I've stopped. I Last I played was on Thursday, and I stopped at 666. So, hey, what's up? Hail Satan. So the next game here we got is from the developer Motion Twin. They created Dead Cells, which has been in early access since about early 2017 on PC, or on Steam, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but it is coming to Switch, PS4, and Xbox One in 2018. They haven't put a release date on it at all, but it, it will be out sometime this year because it is going to be leaving early access pretty soon. It is a Metroidvania adventure action platformer, which essentially just describes Metroidvania. Those other terms are just redundant. So look for that coming here pretty soon. Well, maybe not pretty soon, but sometime in 2018. So now let's jump on over to the multi-platform games. The first one is a PlayStation exclusive. That is God of War. We got the release date finally. It's coming out on 4-20 of all dates. The same day Super Troopers 2 is coming out. And the same day that the Nintendo Labo cardboard experiment is coming out. Corey Barlog, the game director, said that this is the best release date he's ever had and probably ever will have. He said if he lives to be 100, no release date of any of his games could beat 420. So I'm thinking this guy's a major pothead, maybe, who knows, or he could just be playing it up, because why not? With the announcement of the release date for it, we did get a mid-tier collector's edition announced. So last week we talked about the Stonemason edition, which comes with the statue, the art book, the steel book, the cloth map, the wooden figures, the keychain, all of that. So the mid-tier one, or that one's 150 bucks. so the mid-tier one is $130. It comes with pretty much all of the same content, minus... The stonemason ring, the keychain, and the two-inch horse and troll wood carvings. You still get two wood carvings, but you don't, so you're not getting a total of four of them. You're getting just two. If you are into the God of War Collector's Edition, last week I said I'm not going to be getting it because I'm just going to get the digital version of this game. Because God of War is one of those franchises where I'm, I like it, but I don't care that much about it to where I'm going to want the collector's editions i and i i bought the pandora's box one and was disappointed by it not that i'm going to be disappointed by this one i like everything that i've seen for it but it's one of those franchises that i i want to play but don't care that much about it i mean that sounds bad let's just move on uh the next one we got has been rumored for god knows how long now stick of truth on ps4 and xbox one has been a thing it came f as a free download when you purchased the fractured butthole but now it is going to be coming out as a standalone game for again ps4 and xbox one starting at 30 bucks launches on february 13th so i can't wait to do that i i still want to go and look through the used copies at gamestop and see if the code's still in there and just try it out see if it works that way i can get it for free who knows it's not stealing it's a used copy of the game. So then now we have a PC port, or not PC port, but a PC game. I don't, you know, necessarily talk about PC games, but I figured it's a sequel to a beloved franchise on the PC, so why not talk about it? And that is Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire. It's coming to PC on February, not February, wow, on April 3rd. They have three different editions of the game all up for pre-order now. There is the standard edition, which is $50, the deluxe edition, which is $60, the digital obsidian edition for 75 and then a physical obsidian edition for 79.99 or 80 dollars so i mean i know i said three but that's technically four the digital or the obsidian editions are exactly the same minus you know physical game and whatnot so now moving on to some updates for xbox one ps4 and i would assume pc um warframe is going to be getting a new update adding new new additional weapons enemies and personalization options it's adding dynamic weather 
so if you're into Warframe, there you go. Got some more content coming for you. That, again, is one of the best free-to-play games out there that continually keeps getting updated. It has a huge user base, and I'm, I'm excited for them. So here you go, guys. Get excited for all your new content coming here pretty soon. And now to end the new releases with a little bit of sad news if you're into Paragon and Anthem. So Paragon is going to be getting shut down on April 26th. Last week we talked about how Epic has transitioned a lot of the developers that have been working on Paragon over to Fortnite because Fortnite is essentially their cash cow or is their darling at the moment. And leaving a select few hardcore developers who are really into Paragon on that. But sadly, it is going to be getting shut down. However, Epic is offering a great incentive, not incentive because it's you're not buying into anything, but like they're offering condolences, I guess would be a weird fucking way to say that. But so they're going to be fully refunding all players who or yeah, they're going to be fully refunding all players for all purchases they've made in game. So any skins you've purchased or any like if you bought the game physically or the founders pack all of that shit you're going to be getting a refund for all of it so pc players you don't necessarily have to do anything to qualify for that you just you know because you log in with your epic account but if you played on ps4 you will have to link your ps4 player account with your epic account so that so that they can qualify you for your refund i don't know if they're going to charge it back to your card or if they're going to add playstation currency to your wallet who knows well i, I don't know that could get a little iffy because that has a 200 dollars limit if you put over $200 into it. Anyways, they seem to, like, this is a very, I guess, goodwill move because they're returning everybody's purchases for this game over the last, when did this come out? 2015? Two years? Three years now? That's fantastic. Good job, Epic. And our last bit of release news or delays or whatever, Anthem has reportedly reportedly been delayed to early 2019, which I still think is a little early Maybe late 2019 would be a better release date because they need to get this game right. Looking at where Destiny's at right now and Anthem being a similar game, I don't think they have any room for error, especially with EA and how Bioware Montreal fucked up Mass Effect and that whole debacle. So I think this might actually be Bioware's final chance at succeeding. I, I believe they can do it because they do have Casey Hudson back. This is Casey Hudson's baby. This was the game he was working on before he left Bioware. And now he's come back to Bioware to launch this title. So Jason Schreier from Kotaku was the one that was able to get the report of the game being delayed to, to early 2019. Obviously spoke to multiple sources. That's how journalism works. You can't just say something from one report. He got them saying... One of his sources said that stating the 2018 release window was unrealistic. I believe so too. It, just by looking at how beautiful that game is and ambitious that that game seems like it's going to be that like, I don't see how that was going to come along that quickly, especially, like, because it was announced before Casey Hudson was back at Bioware, and the way EA does things isn't essentially a, here's here's the game and now it's out kind of deal, like what Bio, uh, Bethesda does. Yeah, I, I think it was unrealistic as well. Again, like I just said, I think this isn't even going to be a early 2019 game. I think it'll be a late 2019 game at the earliest, which is totally fine. Give it time, let it grow, let it become what it needs to be, and then get it out there so there, again, is no issues like we're having with Destiny 2 right now. And they hopefully are looking at what Bungie is doing and isn't doing to kind of see what they need to get done to properly release this. And then also a majority of both Bioware Studios, so Bioware Austin and Bioware Edmonton, are focused on Anthem. 
Uh, we will talk a little bit more about what's going on at BioWare once we get to the random news story section. So that's all I got for release dates, updates, delays, and whatnot. Let's jump on over to some Xbox news. Last week we talked a little bit about the Fable 4 rumors that were going on and how, Fa uh, not Fable, how Playground Games is staffing up to be developing the new Fable game, which I don't think has, a, no, it hasn't officially been announced, but it's been reported that that's what they're working on. Uh, they have a second team out of Playground Games. They have said they're working on an open world action RPG that's not a racing game, and strong hints that it is the Fable franchise that they're working on. And so we now got a quote from Peter Molyneux, the creator of Fable, on what he believes the next Fable should be, and it sounds fucking amazing. It, no, it sounds great. It sounds great. Ryan McCaffrey over at IGN was able to contact Peter and get a quote from him about his thoughts on Fable 4, or the next Fable, I guess. And it looks like he sent him over about a three-paragraph, I guess, synopsis or idea for what he thinks Fable should go on to be. And so here, here we go. He said... Peter Molyneux said that he wants to see it set before Fable 1 when the guild was being formed. The guild is a faction that you train with and grow with as a kid into an adult and essentially work for throughout the Fable series. So it'd be kind of cool to see it, you know, in its days before all of this. There's a quote, a direct quote from Peter Molyneux is, much more primitive, magic much more attuned to nature, the combat much more brutal, end quote. Next quote we have here is, love to see visceral, brutal, and fluid combat system that left permanent scars, weapons like short swords, long swords, daggers, spears, longbows, and crossbows, all having their own combat feel and specialties. Pertaining to the magic system, he said it should give the ability to craft your own unique system. And then one last tidbit here we got is that he said you should be able to choose your, uh, your familiar, be it a dog, cat, bird, or even a goldfish. And he does want a creature bestiary so you can you know, get the backstory of creatures in the game or enemies that you fight in the game. You know, get their origins and where they came from, stuff like that. Obviously, that's what bestiaries are. Uh, so moving on to Xbox's huge, fucking huge announcement that is going to make everybody want Game Pass. Game Pass being their Net Netflix-style service for 10 bucks a month. They have announced that all first-party Microsoft Studios games are going to launch on Game Pass day and date with the initial launch of the game, and they will remain on Game Pass. So as long as you're a Game Pass member, 10 bucks a month, you get to play their new releases. Uh, this is going to start with Sea of Thieves on March 20th. I'm getting Game Pass. Like, that's a no-brainer. $10 to play Sea of Thieves, if I like it, for, you know, I'll, I can essentially end my Game Pass membership at the end of every month, just play the game for a month. If I like it, good. If I don't, well, I have Game Pass for a month, and I don't have to renew every month, so I can do that for every launch month of a new game, which is fantastic. I This is a good way to play games and not have to fully commit your $60 to it. Sure, it's it'll be $120 a year to keep a Game Pass membership, but $120 is the cost of two games without any DLC, just the initial base game. So, yeah, I'm gonna do this. I don't play my Xbox often, so I feel like $120 a month or a year for this is perfect. Like that's that's great. I love that, 
and good job Microsoft. This is this is a huge step forward for the games industry, I believe, and I want to see what Sony's next step is with it, with their PlayStation Now service kind of being a little bit behind what Game Pass is. Microsoft has also said that the games that will be included are going to be State of Decay 2, Crackdown 3, whatever the next unannounced Halo game is, probably Halo 6, uh, the next Forza game and the next Gears game are all going to be in this, which makes sense. These are all Microsoft Studios games. And then uh, whatever they announce at E3 this year, obviously, will be part of this. Um, I wonder if they're going to put back catalog games in there eventually, like the Forza Horizon series. Um, I know they've been adding games slowly, like Gears 4 is now in there, Halo 5 is in there. They need to get the Master Chief Collection in there at some point. So, like I said, $10 a month. Retailers are going to start selling six-month Game Pass cards for $60 probably cheaper to just do the $9.99 a month because $60 is more than $9.99 times 6. Anyways, those cards will start being available starting on the 20th of March. Obviously, that's when Sea of Thieves comes out, so there we go. Uh, and speaking of Sea of Thieves, let's talk about the beta. There's been some issues going on with the beta. The initial day when it went live for people who had pre-ordered, they got a pre-order code to input on the Sea of Thieves beta website and a lot of people were getting the error message that it's too early to use the code which the only people that had the issue were the digital download pre-orders that doesn't make sense that should have been the easiest one that should have just been a straightforward here's your beta go like you don't even have to enter a code but that one got a little fucked up however because of this error rare is going to be extending the beta for two days um, i believe it now ends on the 30th it was initially going to just be through the weekend but now it ends on that tuesday so cool that's that's great i've been hearing great things about it i've it's been i believe the number one stream uh streamed game this week since the beta went live so that's fantastic that's good to see for rare's sake and for microsoft's sake they need a good large first party game uh, and it seems to be Sea of Thieves, so congrats, Microsoft. So with that, let's jump on over to some PlayStation news. Let's continue with some speculation, as in, you know, we're just talking about Playground Games and Fable 4. So the Persona devs could be working on a PS4 high-end action game if a report, or not a report, but a job listing or job advertisement that uh, Gamatsu spotted is to be believed. So the, the listing that they found was titled 2d concept design slash key animation talents ps4 high-end action game that was the that's a weird title anyways it looks like the advertisement was posted by a quote long-standing consumer game maker famous for its unique goddess megami and demon rpgs shin megami tensei series is atlas um the people over at gamatsu did some digging around and saw that the development studio is based in the same uh, city that Atlas is based in in Japan. So signs are pointing to it being an Atlas-developed game. So, hey, high-end action game from Atlas on the PS4? I could get behind that. I mean, I believe in everything that Atlas does. They make fantastic games. The Persona series is by far the best franchise that they've created, with a close second of Catherine, in my opinion. The Shin Megami Tensei series is also fantastic. That's what Persona started out as. It was Shin Megami Tensei's Persona. And so now, we might have a high-end action game. 
Whatever the fuck that means. Maybe like Vanquish or something. That would be fucking cool. Some of these stories are going to be very quick. So the next story here is a an Easter egg within Shadow of the Colossus. And that Easter egg is for The Last Guardian. God, I cannot wait for Shadow of the Colossus. It's a week and a half away. And from what I hear, this is... Well, obviously, this is the best way to play this game. Fantastic graphics running on a PS4 Pro with enhanced cin- either cinematic mode or performance mode and in 4k like oh my god i need to get a ps4 pro to play this game i will be playing it on my standard ps4 i don't see why it shouldn't run well but we'll see anyways there is a there is an easter egg for the last guardian within shadow of the colossus and it can be found on the way to the sixth colossus um while you're traveling through the forest there is now a cave that was not there in the initial game that you can wander into and you will find a one of the barrels from the last guardian that you feed trico essentially they were i think the term for them was the trico treats (laughs) because you feed them to him and he gets happy um and they they're usually surrounded by butterflies and that is the case with this. They, it is a barrel within the cave. It is surrounded by butterflies. And it's kind of a cool just little shout out to another Team Eco game. Or uh, I guess it's Gen Designs now. But yeah, that's cool. I love that they're kind of putting these little things in there that are based on other games from the same developers. Also, you do get a trophy for finding this. It is a bronze trophy. It pops uh, once you walk into the cave. So for all you trophy hunters out there like me, make sure you locate this cave within the game. I plan on platinuming this game. I still plan on platinuming The Last Guardian. I'm in the higher percentage of people who have this, well, close to the platinum. I think I'm at like 46%. Most people are at like 20 or 15%. Anyways, enough about me. Let's get on to the next story here, and that pertains to Monster Hunter World and the Horizon DLC for it. Um, It is available now at launch. However, it is a set of quests you have to do uh, in order to unlock it. At least for the, the first piece of DLC, which is the Watcher skin for your companion. And it is only for a limited time. You get a notification with your daily bonuses notification in the game saying that this is only available till February 8th. So make sure you do it now. Again, it's just a quest. So that's not just a quest, but it's a, a quest within the game. That's cool. So jump on that if you do want the Watcher DLC for your companion in Monster Hunter World. So yeah, that's all I got for you for PlayStation news right now. I do want to jump on over and get some of the Nintendo news out of the way. Uh, a couple of sad things, but you know, we'll get it done. Our first Nintendo-centric story here is about ARMS. Uh, so Nintendo has no plans for additional DLC for the game. Uh, they've already added five new fighters, 12 new arms, I think it was also five new maps, and a new mode within the game. They're still going to be supporting the game with, you know, balance updates and party crash events, but like I said, no additional fighters, no new stages, no new badges, and no more new modes coming to it. So you have a good game. All of the updates were free, all of the additional content was free, so that's cool. I mean, I'm amazed that they supported that game as well as they did and it did as well as it they did or it did a lot of people love nintendo and when they do these new weird things like arms it's great to see that or it's great to see them get a fantastic reception so cool that's good to good to see i mean the the content cycle for that game is now done it did launch back in june it's been out for seven months at this point good job nintendo 
keep up the good work. Hopefully you keep supporting your games like this. I want to see some more Mario DLC other than the Luigi Balloon Challenge or whatever it's called uh, coming out in February. Oh, okay. So we have Nintendo announced their panels that are going to be at GDC this year in March. So the, the panels that Nintendo has announced they are going to be doing are going to be pertaining to Splatoon 2 and ARMS development. Neat. We get to, you know, get a peek behind the curtain of development over at Nintendo, who are slowly becoming more modernized with the way that they develop games or the and the way that they practice talking about their games. It's becoming more of a westernized thing where you get to get to see behind the curtain more frequently um, than they used to. And that's great. I love that this is kind of becoming a mainstay within the games industry, getting to kind of see how the, the, the bread is made in the development cycle. It's definitely bringing a lot of issues to the forefront within the games industry, however, with crunch being such a fucking terrible thing for so many of the developers and they, you know, get burnt out, but they can, they just push through it because they, this is what they love to do. I feel for them. I really do. I, this is what I want to do for a career. So I get it. I do. Anyways, sorry about that. Let's, let's get on to the next sad news from Nintendo, I suppose. And that is that they are going to be shutting down Mitomo, which was their first mobile, their, their first venture into the mobile market or mobile space, I guess. It launched even before Pokemon Go. Although Pokemon Go is coming up on its two years here in July. But Mitomo is getting shut down on May 9th after being on the market for two years. And after May 9th, the app will no longer allow the use of any features, the ability to view your saved messages or your Mi photos. So any photos you took you know, with your me in weird places or any messages you sent can no longer be accessed after the May 9th shutdown. If you want to save your me, you'll have to link it with your Nintendo account. All your sidekick me characters will be deleted. And then in-game currency stopped being sold as of the 24th of January. But you'll still be getting in-game currency with your daily login so that you can continue to buy things in the shop for your me, which I believe is just additional like hats and stuff. So if you're into using that app, Get your fill before it shuts down on May 9th. So one last Nintendo story here is going to pertain to Fortnite and Epic Games, who, again, we have another story about Epic Games coming up here in a minute, but Fortnite on Switch. Not an announcement, not really anything other than someone asking Epic Games or Donald Mustard at Epic Games about it. And so Donald Mustard, he is the worldwide creative director at Epic Games. He was one of the head developers at Chair, who is also owned by Epic. He created uh, Shadow Complex. But he has said that he would like to see it on Switch eventually. That's what we got. That was the quote, Fortnite on Switch. Cool. Again, I would probably play it there. However, it is one of the games that you do need an internet connection for. So maybe I won't play it there. <laughs> maybe I'll just... Stick with that on PS4. Battle Royale is free. When it initially launches, it comes out of beta, it will be free. So there you have it. So now that we have the main three out of the way, let's jump on over to random news stories from around the games industry. Our first random news story from around the games industry is going to pertain to one of the three developers or creators of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. And that developer is Yuji Naka. He announced that he is now working at Square Enix, which, okay, cool. However, that is kind of funny because he has worked at Sega, and Sega and Square Enix are obviously rivals. They're game developers, game publishers, and now he's working for Square. Uh, he announced this on Twitter. I have uh, his tweet here. He says, just a quick note to let you know, I joined Square Enix in January. 
I'm joining game development as before and strive to develop games at Square Enix. I aim to develop an enjoyable game. Please look forward to it. That seems to be Square's quote. Please be excited. Please look forward to it. Please, please, please be excited. Square Enix. That's their new motto. You guys can have that. Yeah, cool. He's over at Square Enix now. Good job. Uh, congratulations, Yuji Naka. You are at one of the biggest Japanese development companies in the world. Or in Japan, I guess. So, let's jump on over to uh, talking about some 50 Cent. I know this is, this isn't the music corner, but we are going to talk about 50 Cent. Because 50 Cent has created or developed three... No, not three. Two games. He has two games. 50 Cent Bulletproof and 50 Cent Blood on the Sand. And he wants to make a third one. He wants to make it make a trilogy, but he doesn't have quite the idea. Or he he doesn't have the idea for what he wants his third game to be. So there's a couple quotes we have from is it Curtis Jackson? Yeah, Curtis Jackson, Fifty Cent, whatever you want to call him. He's an actor. He's a rapper. He's a game developer, I guess. The first quote we have here is definitely I'm interested. I just have to find the right concept. Everything I touch, I want to be unique. I want it to be special, and I I put thought into it because those things will be here longer than i would when i come up with another one i want to make sure it's something we enjoy for a long time end quote all right at least he's thinking smart about it he understands that once a game is out and done like it's out there you can't change it well i mean nowadays you can but you want to put out a good game you want it to be remembered well like blood on the sand is a cult hit people love that game not everybody but people love that game so I want to see him take another swing at game development. I'll probably check it out. He has one idea for what the game could be, but and he wants to base it on the new TV show that he is a part of. I, I believe he's also the lead actor in it. And it's called Tomorrow Today. It's a superhero drama where he would be playing an ex-military soldier who was imprisoned and had experiments done on him while imprisoned. And that turns him into a superhero. Weird concept. I don't know. It kind of sounds like Iron Man and how Tony Stark had to essentially develop the Iron Man suit within a cave to survive. That kind of seems what like this this might be. But we'll see. So that's what I got for you from 50 Cent. Let's talk about some Rocket League. Again, one of the many games that just does not fucking stop. It's up in that list with Grand Theft Auto V and PUBG. But Psyonix continues to push forward with this cross-platform play cross-platform future that we should eventually be getting to and they are starting they're they're actively working on cross party cross-platform cross party chat so it's not going to essentially work like you would think it's not going to be you know playstation party chat talking to xbox party chat that way it is through their own chat interface that they're working on it's called signet parties so essentially what i'm assuming you're going to do is log into this app or this service essentially like discord and just set up chat with your friends that you're playing with uh no matter what system they're on so i guess it's technically like three-way calling or whatever but i'm hoping gonna be able to get this within the game so it's just kind of a thing that you go into and then you find all of your friends that are online and kind of just send them messages and then talk that way so cool good job psionics keep pushing to get this becoming normalized like it, it should be you, you guys are so close you just need to break sony just a little bit like they're interested in it just do it like we have pc and ps4 being able to play together now we just need to break down the walls for xbox and switch it will become a thing nintendo's already on board sony can't be far behind i'm hoping this is actually yeah i'm actually hoping this is one of their announcements at e3 is that they're tearing down the walls 
of being blocked off like this. I know they don't need to, but come on, we need a unified games industry. This would be fantastic. A unified online service. That There will be more players online for you to play with. Obviously, if it's PvP, you don't want to be playing with PC players because they're just going to destroy you. That's just how it goes. PC is much more accurate, much more precise. Like, come on. Just, Sony, please, let us play with our friends on other consoles. It's the future. <laughs> Ridiculous. It is the future, though. So now, Battlefront 2, a controversial game, uh, mostly because of its loot box system we talked about already, but EA and DICE took that system out of the game at launch. However, they did say they were revamping the whole progression system and all of that, and so they announced that they are going to be revealing what the what these changes are going to be so we will be getting that announcement in march it was stated that significant change is coming based on player feedback so good that's kind of what you want when you're providing a service you know with battlefront's main pull being the multiplayer component uh although the campaign i still want to check out hopefully they can do a split release like naughty dog has been doing with the or actually sony's been doing it they did it with Killzone, where you could just buy the multiplayer, or you could just buy the single player for a discounted price. I want that to be more of a thing. If Call of Duty did that, they released their campaign for $20 a year, and the multiplayer for $40 a year. Yeah, dude, come on. Or you can, you know, still buy the game for 60 bucks. Do it, guys. Like, these are things that the games industry will eventually get to. They just need to figure out how to do it properly. And I feel like they can get it done. This is gonna be... The, the vision I have for the games industry is like we just talked about with Psionics and Rocket League, a unified online service where you can play with any system. And then also what we're talking about here with games as a service, being able to sell different components of the game separately for those people that do just want the single player or do just want the multiplayer. Th these are just small steps that need to be taken to become a larger, more unified industry. And I can see this happening very soon. And now I want to talk about what some developers have been saying about their game sales on Switch. Uh, we talked about this a few months back, uh, how developers were saying that their games sell better on Switch than they do on other platforms, and mostly because of the market share. On other platforms, there are thousands of games on the marketplace, on Xbox Live, on uh, Steam, on PS4, like on the PlayStation Store. There's so many options to buy on there, and so these smaller games get buried, but Switch... Their online store is smaller and less crowded. When a developer puts their game out on Switch, there's a better chance of it getting seen. And the way that Nintendo does their storefront is all the games that get released in a week go into the new release section and you see an image of each game and it's broken down really well. So you can just click into it really quickly and see what this game is. And it's been helping developers a lot. Um, there's only been 16% of developers that have said that their game hasn't sold well on Switch or it's sold below average on Switch. 16%, that's not bad. That's an 84% uptick for all other developers with their game selling on par or above average on the Switch. So cool. The Switch is a lucrative platform. Put your games on it. Please, guys. I want more games on Switch, which we are getting more games on Switch. Third parties are embracing the Switch, and it is fantastic. I just want to see what EA's announcements for the Switch are going to be, because, come on, FIFA? I mean, FIFA's one of their best-selling franchises, but if you're going to put it on there, don't make it this rudimentary version of the game. No offense to the developers working on it, but it is, it is stripped down 
obviously, you can only have so much on there, but I think NBA 2K got it right. You guys can do it that way. Just put the additional features as downloads. It'll, it, could, it could work, I hope. Again, I'm not a developer. I don't know how hard this stuff is, but I do want to jump on over to our next story. And like I said previously, we are talking about Bioware again, this time pertaining to Dragon Age. So Dragon Age, it has been stated, is being worked on, but it is going to be a live game. Not in the sense that Anthem and Destiny and The Division are a live game or Rainbow Six is a live game, but let's see. So we have a quote from Casey Hudson pertaining to the live game quote here. So Casey Hudson said it'll be a quote live end quote experience, which quote means designing a game for continued storytelling after the main story. So they want to be able to continue the story with additional content. Essentially what Mass Effect did. You got additional stories from new content. However, it was sold. I wonder if the continuation of Dragon Age will be sold in expansions or if it'll just be updates to the the base game and you can wander around and do side quests continually. But we'll see. Uh, it, ha it was also stated that it is still a story and character focused game, and like I just said, both Anthem and Dragon Age are being worked on, with a majority of the teams at both Bioware Studios working on Anthem to hopefully get it out by early 2019, according to EA. Doubtful. Like I said, put it out in fall 2019 and it'll be fine. So, I got three more random stories I want to talk about. The first one of those three is Ubisoft and Loot Crates. Uh, or loot boxes, whatever you want to call them. Loot boxes are just EA fuck the entirety of what loot boxes are with Star Wars Battlefront. So now there's just a terrible, terrible stigma to loot boxes. But it seems Ubisoft is going to be doing it correctly when it comes to Ghost Recon Wildlands. They are called Battle Crate in Wildlands. Ubisoft is aiming to avoid loot box pitfalls by going the Overwatch route and making it strictly cosmetic. Good! It should be cosmetic. You can't make it pay to win because then that just makes your game unbalanced and unfair. So, good. Do this correctly and this is how loot boxes should be. Destiny did it okay, but they put too much emphasis on it. They're working on that though. Let's get back to the Ubisoft loot boxes or the battle crates for Wildlands. Ubisoft stated in their blog post that items within do not affect gameplay stats and are only character customization items, which we've already spoken about you will also not get any duplicate items that's awesome that's an upside because that is an issue with loot boxes is getting duplicate items that you just throw away they are going to be doing two different types of battle crates the first is going to be a spec ops crate which is used for campaign and co-op and then the second is going to be ghost war crates which are for the ghost war mode and each crate is going to be uh is going to cost you 400 in-game credits. I believe the in-game credits are purchasable, but I'm not certain. It's not one of the games that I got into last year, and so hopefully that's a decent price. I don't know how much actual currency that costs. Now let's move on to a another could have been in the music corner section of the show, but again, I haven't had music corner in so long. I, I want to bring it back. Yeah, I want to bring it back, but anyways, Shadow of the Colossus. We've gotten, we got the, the news about the, the Easter egg in it. Now, I got an email this week, or this past week, I suppose, from I Am 8-Bit. Again, I Am 8-Bit. Just love them. They're fantastic. They're doing great things over there with their merch and their soundtracks for video games. And so we're getting a Shadow of the Colossus soundtrack on vinyl, finally. It is going to cost $40. It's going to be a double LP. It'll have a trifold jacket with art from uh, Nimit Malavia. 
who is an artist for the Fable comic book, or Fables comic book, I should say. They also did the art for the Last Guardian soundtrack that I Am 8-Bit did two years ago, which I still need to get to, $35 on IAM8Bit.com. I am not sponsored by them, I just love what they do and want you to buy what they have. And so the soundtrack itself is going to consist of 35 tracks from composer Ko Otani. This will be one of the soundtracks I am picking up this year. I'm probably going to just buy both Last Guardian and Shadow of the Colossus soundtracks. And then I hope that we get an Eco soundtrack so that I could just have the, the collection of Team Eco games on vinyl. And our last bit of random news from around the games industry for this week pertains to Destiny 2. I gotta stop ending the show on Destiny 2. That always seems to be, or at least stop ending random news stories on Destiny 2. We are getting Iron Banner back this, actually this week, on Tuesday, starting on January 30th, running to February 6th. So we're going to have a week of Iron Banner, as we always do. It's bringing new armor and new raid rewards with the update for this. Iron Banner Engrams will drop new weapons, ghosts, and sparrows, as well as a ship that Bungie does not want to reveal yet. They want it to kind of be a surprise when you get it. They are also adding armor masterworks to this, so getting armor with stat boosts in them already and being able to kind of upgrade them from that point on. Uh, is going to be a thing, just like Weapon Masterworks, which came back with Curse of Osiris. Um, so they are adding it to armor now. People have been wanting perks on their armor for a long time now, like we had in Destiny 1. You can also get new items received through Engrams from Saladin. So as you progress in the Iron Banner, you get Engrams, you're getting the new items in it that way. You can also purchase armor items from Lord Saladin in the Iron Banner. Uh, so you can get the Iron Banner armor by purchasing it. Oh, what was the other story? Oh, uh, about the, the rewards for raids. So just like in Destiny 1, like we talked about, I believe last week, might have been two weeks ago, when we were talking about how in Destiny 1, after you completed a major encounter within the raid, you had a higher rate of exotic drops or getting drops within the raid in multiple stops. Uh, and then they took that out for Destiny 2. They are bringing it back for Destiny 2. Finally, it should be start rolling out with this Iron Banner update on the 30th. So that's good to hear. I hope that this kind of makes people happy with what's going on in Destiny 2 again. But like I said, I'm not going back until Expansion 2 comes out sometime in between March and May. And then we got one last bit from Bungie that said they're also looking into bringing back Destiny 1 shader system with some perks of the Destiny 2 shader system. So the perks from the Destiny 2 shader system were the ability to use shaders on everything. You could use them on your weapons, you could use them on every individual piece of armor, so each piece could be a different color. But the perks of Destiny 1 were that you didn't, it wasn't a consumable, and you could swap it out whenever you wanted. So that would be great to see it come back, to also have the kiosk that we had in Destiny 1 with all of the different shaders, that so you didn't have to keep them on you at all times. You could just go to the vendor or the, the kiosk and pull out the shader that you want and apply it to your guardian. So, I want to see that. I, I love fucking around with shaders. It's great, just changing the color of everything. So that's all I got for random news stories from around the games industry. I do want to move on over to our new weekly segment, This Week in PUBG. So let's head on over to that and give you some PUBG news. For This Week in PUBG, we've got a new sales milestone on Xbox One specifically. They have now hit 4 million units sold on the Xbox One version of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. So to celebrate, PUBG Corp is handing out 30,000 battle points to players who have purchased and played the game by January 31st. So that's this coming 
Wednesday? Yes, this coming Wednesday. If you purchase and play the game by Wednesday, you will be given 30,000 battle points, which you use to buy loot boxes for cosmetic items in PUBG. And you, you can't buy battle points on their own. They're just given for doing things in your PUBG matches. So, like, getting kills or making it to a certain rank. That's that's neat. Cool. I, I can't wait to get my 30,000 units or battle points, sorry. And so those are going to be distributed in February. No specific time in February, just sometime in February. So cool. I'm going to jump in to PUBG, play some more matches, get more battle points, unlock these loot boxes. And I think the loot boxes are like 700 battle points. So that's a decent amount of battle points to, or a decent amount of loot boxes to unlock with these battle points they're giving to you for free. I'm glad I did play it because now I get those battle points. So that's really all I got for you guys this week. Let's head on out for the week. Alrighty guys, so that's been episode 35 of Joshua Tree's Power Hour. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please feel free to like, subscribe, and share the show. Uh, it is available on soundcloud.com slash Joshua Tree. You can also find it on the iTunes store, uh, the Google Play Music store. If you want to give me feedback on the show, you can leave reviews or comments on SoundCloud and iTunes and the Google Play Music Store. Uh, you can get at me on Twitter, at Joshua Tree, as well as Instagram. Um, if you want to add me on PlayStation, Xbox Live, or the Nintendo Switch, you can find my usernames down in the description of this episode. And just, you know, kind of leave me a message. Let me know, hey, I'm interested in being your friend on here. Even if you just want to look at my trophies. That's what I do with a lot of people. I just kind of stalk their trophies because I'm weird anyways you can also follow my twitch channel at twitch.tv slash joshua tree we are still playing horizon zero dawn we're making we're, we're slowly making progress in that i've been playing switch more frequently recently but i do want to get back into streaming horizon on a weekly basis again so look for that again twitch.tv slash joshua tree it's down in the description so that's all i got for you guys this week and until next time keep playing those games Goodbye to my trusty notebook here that I have been writing in since 2013. I have finally filled it all up. I have the date on it here now, 2013 to 2018. I wrote inside here, thoughts, ideas, concepts, art, puzzle solutions, podcast outlines, and lists, 2013 to early 2018. Thanks, notebook. You have been great. I'm giving a, a spiel about my notebook. I am now going to be starting to use my advanced potions making notebook that Asia got me for my birthday. It's essentially a replica of the book from Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, and I am excited.